0: Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Wash Walsh podcast. So today's episode is with my female fat loss program clients from January 2024. And it's pretty cool to see so many people in the group, so many cool to see so many people sharing and so many people uh, asking the questions and stuff so this is a very special episode in relation to that perfection mindset that can stop an awful lot of us actually achieving our fat loss and weight loss goals so i'm going to talk about why that happens and why that will never work for you and how to break away from it so as always hope you guys enjoy the episode of the podcast so what we're going to talk about today is where to start with fat loss we know that one of the biggest things a lot of people can struggle with particularly in january is what to uh, what to look at what to who to believe what to believe all these kind of different things and it can be really difficult to kind of decipher all that kind of stuff so my job here is to try and bring you the real information that's going to help you to navigate it. So as I said already, if you have any questions, I also have a chat box here in front of me. So I'll go through that with you. If you have been working with me for a while, like I know there's a few of you already from the one-to-one group. I know some people have gone from one-to-one into, uh, the, into the group as well, from one-to-one into the group already you'll understand some of this already and would have heard me kind of say a lot of this already. And some others may not have heard it before and it may be the first time. So everyone's at various different levels. All right. So what we're going to talk about is where to start with fat loss. So one of the big things that I would kind of be a massive advocate of, there's a quote up on my screen here saying, 52 imperfect weeks is better than six perfect ones when it comes to weight loss. So this sentence, I hope, Um, Makes sense and I hope it kind of resonates with you and I hope it resonates with what I've tried to say and put across up on social media and through the podcast in relation to what successful fat loss is. Successful fat loss isn't losing it as quick as possible. Successful fat loss is being able to keep it off and understand why you overeat, undereat, stress eat, understand your coping mechanisms. That's the definition of what I've created it may not be the best one, but it's the one I can come up with, and it might not be as catchy, but 52 imperfect weeks is better than six perfect ones. We can all be great for six weeks. That's that's easy. Fat loss is easy as a premise, and so is weight loss. And the difference between weight loss and fat loss is weight loss is what it says in the scales. Fat loss is what your measurements show and your body composition show. And that's the realistic element of it but you're better off being imperfect for 52 weeks and be able to keep it off for the rest of your life rather than having six perfect weeks and then having 18 weeks off and then six weeks back on 52 weeks off. And then that just ends that frustration, but it also gets rid of that kind of all or nothing mentality, but it also gets rid of that kind of defeatist kind of self-worth thing that can happen because it is a confidence thing. If you are someone who may struggle or identify as a yo-yo dieter, you're not a yo-yo dieter. You're just someone who hasn't found the right solution for you yet. It's a lot less degrading than calling yourself a a yo-yo dieter. I think sometimes if we identify as something, we can almost use that as a method to say that's what we are and identify as that. So our actions go in that direction. But if we if we kind of say to ourselves we're realistic that we're not a we're not a yo-yo dieter, we just haven't found our right solution. It it removes that shame and guilt element to it. So with this 52 per imperfect weeks, you're much better off going through ticking along, ticking along, ticking along. It may not be sexy. Like if I set you up a program of a female fat loss program of 52 weeks, no one would sign up. That's me being 100 percent honest. It's not sexy. Everyone wants fat loss and weight loss now. But it 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 can happen, but it's going to take longer than you think because it took a while to put it on. It's going to take a while to take it off. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a few questions now in relation to into this. So you might resonate with some of these questions, you may not. So do you believe that the only way to lose weight is to get everything right? Do you think that you'll continue to struggle with your weight because you can't be perfect all the time? And do you believe that one bar or one night out or one meal out will derail everything? So if you have ticked any of these, there may be perfectionist tendencies in your ideology around weight loss. If you've got three for three, you have got perfectionist ideologies in relation to weight loss and yourself. Okay. So perfectionism generally comes from bullying, it comes from trauma, it comes from grief, it comes from relationships, it comes from uh, a load of different things in the environments that are brought up in a kid. And what we try to do as someone who may have perfectionist tendencies, is we try to control the outcome. So if we think that we can do X, Y, or Z to get to a certain uh, location, we will try to do everything to get to that location. But we struggle with when a certain set of circumstances come in, like a sickness or we get ill or we eat out or whatever it may be. But if we believe that the only way to lose weight is to get everything right, that's one surefire way of failing at anything. Do you think that the, you're, you'll are continue to struggle with your weight because you can't be perfect all the time? You're gonna to struggle to continue with your you're gonna to struggle to continue to struggle with your weight because you're lacking perspective. Most people that I work with don't have a weight loss issue. They've lost weight before, where the issues come in for people. I'm not talking about people who struggle with obesity. Obesity isn't a choice. What I'm talking about is someone who has struggled with their weight that maybe hasn't got the right framework or maybe has the all-or-nothing mindset. So if we struggle with the weight because we can't be perfect all the time, well, it's sure, one surefire way of staying where we are. And then do we believe that one bar or one night out or one meal out will derail everything? If we believe that, well, then we still got that all or nothing mindset, which means that we would, if you think about it logically, and that's what I mean by perspective, perspective is bringing in logic. A lot of the reactions that we have when we maybe overeat or stress eat is we lose logic and we go by emotion and we lose perspective completely. And we go down the irrational way rather than the rational way, rather than saying, right, may have overeaten here. So what do I do now? All right, I'm going to reduce my snacks tomorrow or I'm going to reduce my calories tomorrow. Or maybe I won't get a takeaway in the tomorrow because I've fucked my whole diet up. You haven't fucked up anything. It's kind of like when you overspend your money, don't go and overspend your money for the rest of the month. You adjust your budget to try and live for the rest of the month on what you can. You don't go and continue spending. Some of you might, but. Most of you don't. But it's also like saying that you're happy with having all the money, but you're also very happy with having no money. That's essentially what that all or nothing mindset is. It's, it's the two extremes. There's no middle ground for you. There's no gray area. It's either black or white. And the big thing with perfection is it's an illusion. So when it comes to weight loss, perfectionism is one of the biggest factors that will hold you back from where you want to go. And that's because perfectionism is an illusion. Nothing will go to plan at all times. Think of it when you're in your car and you even have your sat now telling you where to go. And you may still take the wrong turn. But you don't beat yourself up. You may get frustrated briefly, but you don't beat yourself up and go out and slash all your tires in your car. But yet we can do that with food. And life is always going to throw a curveball in your direction, whether it's being extra busy at work, whether it be caring for elderly parents, looking after sick children, being sick yourself, or even a global pandemic that we had. And all of these massive factors, which are well out of our control, can impact your weight loss journey. But often it's not what these events happen to us, it's how we react to them and how we can adapt to them. So When I talk about kind of weight loss and stuff, it's about being able to adapt and having a plan A, plan B, or even writing out on your piece of paper what's a good enough week look like for you. Because I know I've had conversations this week of last week, the kids weren't at school. And then when the kids are back at school, one of the clients said to me um, on a text message saying, oh, this week I'm going to struggle. So I really feel that I'm going to lose control. And I kind of wrote back to her and kind of said, read that question again and tell me why that's why you feel that's going to happen and she reread the question and she reread the sentence and she is touched in that sentence she said to herself and she wrote back to me was i am telling myself that that's going to happen already so i'm not surprised by the outcome a lot of the things that we tell ourselves at the beginning of a weight loss journey or something before we even try because we don't we don't fully immerse ourselves into it. We don't throw ourselves into it. There's a fear factor. Fear of success is the big one, but fear of failure can be a massive thing as well. And fear of worthiness is another one. But because we don't throw ourselves fully into it or embrace it or try to change everything too quickly or set a deadline on things, we tell ourselves that if we don't lose enough weight by eight weeks or don't get the results we want, well, then what's the point? So I might as well continue acting in the other direction that I say I want to go. But those self-sabotage tendencies, it isn't really self-sabotage. It's just a way to control the actual outcome. I really don't believe anyone self-sabotages when it comes to food. I believe it's a way to control the outcome for yourself. That's generally what I believe it is. So if we look at perfection again, there's some weeks that you may be time poor. There'll be times like this week where the kids are back or last week when the kids were at home. And you'll be unable to devote as much time to exercise that or meal prep as you may like. So rather than going for your three sessions in your week, you may only be able to get out for walks and that's okay. You may not be able to prep all your meals or even get a shop in and you may be just trying to eat what's in the freezer or relying on ready-made meals a little bit more or you may be on the go a little bit more. That's okay. It's doing what you can do and focusing on what you can do. Like if you think of it as three main meals in your week, not including your snacks, that's 21 meals in your whole week. If one or two or three of those or four of those aren't going according to your goal, well, then we focus on the other 18, 19, 20 meals that you're having. And we focus on those and we struggle. We focus on nailing those because it isn't one meal that disrupts things. It isn't two meals. It isn't three meals. It's a personal choice to act in a certain way. We One meal out doesn't derail anyone. Never has, never will. The only thing that derails someone is the action they choose to take afterwards, which is a personal choice. Other weeks, your sleep may be disrupted and might be compromising your energy. We all know that if our sleep is disrupted our hunger hormone goes into overdrive and we may be saying, well, I crave carbs or I'm craving sugar. You're not craving sugar. You're not craving carbs. What's happening is you're craving sleep. And when we get tired, our brain kicks in and tells us, that we're looking for that quickest source of energy. That's essentially what's happening. And our body's preferred source, sugar, carbs, fatty foods, processed foods, all those kind of different things. It's not craving sugar, it's craving energy. And the quickest way for your brain to go in, let's get sugar, let's get carbs. That's why those foods kind of come into play when you're very, very tired and you're sleep deprived. That's how important sleep is. Extra stress can happen with the events and that can reduce, that can increase the likelihood of emotional eating for some people, or people can use alcohol as a mechanism. So, when extra stress, our body doesn't feel safe, and we go to the trusty reliables that have helped us, or we feel that have helped us. But it's a numbing agent. But we're not, some people aren't even aware of why they eat or overeat. They don't have that pause. Most people are probably watching TV when they're in the evenings and they're using food as a reward or they're de-stressing with food, they're having a cup of tea in the evenings and they're having that bars or the few bars and because they're trying to de-stress and unwind from the day but they're not even being present. You can't possibly know when or when you don't enjoy that food by watching TV because you're not where you're on your phone like this all the time so that you can't possibly know when you're full there's a, there's a disassociation between you and the food. Like I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect all the time by eating with no phone or no food, no TV in front of me. I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't do that. But the big thing for me is I know that when I am present and I eat at the kitchen table, I make a rule that I don't have the phone at the kitchen table. So trying to be perfect amongst all this kind of poor sleep, extra stress, adds an extra pressure onto yourself. And that will increase your actual stress on things because you're trying to be perfect at all times. Because also you're putting a pressure on yourself to change everything all at once. And that's an unfair reality that a lot of people will put on, that if they they put so much pressure on themselves to change everything all at once, they're 100% going to fail every single time. You can't fail weight loss, but you can't fail not changing the mechanism on what way you go. And both of these combined with poor sleep, poor stress, trying to change everything at once, all these fireway is one surefire way of a shit show of going nowhere when you're fat loss. So what happens when you actually try to be perfect? Motivation is high. So generally what I spot is the first four to six weeks are the easiest for people when they're losing weight because they're seeing the scales go down. They're seeing the measurements go down. Motivation is high. They're in the buzz. Like... Generally, the first four or five weeks of January, first four or five weeks of the year are in January. There's no drink for most people. There's less going out for most people. So they're kind of like, they're consistent. They're more consistent. They're seeing, they're seeing the rewards for their, they reaping the rewards of what they're trying to do. But then the first of Feb or Valentine's Day comes in, live unexpectedly throws up a hurdle. And the pressure to be perfect actually comes with two outcomes. People give up because it's too hard or they've had a meal out and they feel they've derailed anything. You've derailed nothing. Your diet's not a train. It cannot be derailed. What derails you is what you choose to do afterwards, which is your personal choice. And people, especially people who well identify as perfectionists, grit their teeth, continue to aim for perfection and cause it even more stress to themselves, more anxiety of themselves, which ends up backfiring on themselves. And that's why I talk about kind of like a weekly calorie average. If you have 2000 calories in a day, seven days in a week, 14,000 calories, you can split that 14,000 calories across the week as well as you want, if that's what your diet, if that's what your calories are set to. And that's what it teaches you. It teaches you that flexibility. It's like with money. You have days where you spend more, you have days when you spend less, but it's what you have over average over the month that will get you to the end of the month to be able to pay off your bills, et cetera. It's the same thing with food. Think of it like a budget. Perfection is really just a fancy way of saying you're very good at quitting. What it tells you, it's a way to control the outcome. If this doesn't go my way, I am going to quit. If it doesn't go this way, I'm going to give up. Perfection is one surefire failing 100% of the time. I have never seen it work for anyone. Perfection can help some people in certain areas, but it will be detrimental to your health in other areas. And perfection is fueled right now by looking at social media. We think that when we wake up in the morning, we look at our phone and we see a body, we see six-pack feet or big Betty booty, and we think we need and should look like that, that that's the perfect body. That's the perfect ideology. And if we don't look like that, well, then we failed. So when we look at progress pictures of ourselves or we see ourselves in the mirror, you're comparing yourself to that version of that robot or AI person that you're or testosterone drilled person that you're looking up on social media and think that's what you should look like. But the reality is, if you're hating yourself out, if you're changing yourself out of hate, you're going to fail 100% of the time as well. Because the reality is, it's not how you look, that's the issue. It's your perception of what you look like is the issue. By you putting yourself down constantly, it's never going to work. It's very easy to do, but it's also easier to change it if you choose to. Putting yourself down is a control mechanism before anyone else puts you down. It can be linked to perfection. It can be linked to trauma, childhood, grief, trauma, bullying, all these kinds of different things. But I've 100% of the time never seen putting yourself down or changing someone out of hate work. And there's been times where I've said to clients, we shouldn't be in a fat loss phase right now because you're changing yourself out of hate. I know when people take those initial progress pictures at the very, very beginning, when I do those with clients, there can be these harsh comments toward themselves. I didn't realize I look like that. And that's the reality. I didn't realize I look like that. I shouldn't look like this. It's like, well, why not celebrate what your body can actually do for you? Why Why not celebrate what your body has done for you? It's given you your kids. It's given you the amazing life that you have. Like you wear the clothes, the clothes don't wear you. But perfection will 100% of the time never ever work. You have to accept that you are human. Perfection also comes with a level of arrogance that like you're never going to make a mistake if you think about it that way. There's times I overeat, and there's times I undereat, there's times I stress eat, there's times I emotionally eat. It's what makes me human. And people can think that if we are on a diet or a fat loss phase, that we're not allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to make mistakes, but it's understanding why something may have happened. Did we react in a certain way and learning from that thing so we can repeat the pattern or change the pattern, should I say? So I was talking to one of my one-to-one clients on Monday and she's kind of had a rough time over kind of the last while. And she was absolutely exhausted. One of her kids was sick on all oh, last week. And she was so exhausted. And she kind of said, oh, I just felt like a binge. That's what she wrote on her check-in. But I kind of said to her, I was like, did we feel like a binge or are we just exhausted? And we felt for the easiest option. And she goes, I probably felt for the easiest option. I was like, okay, so how long did it take for the takeaway to arrive? She said, like an hour and a half. I was like, geez, that's slow. So she could have made something like beans on toast or eggs on toast if she wanted to. And I kind of said to her, I like, I haven't judged you at all, but I've kind of, you've kind of like, what would you do differently if you were to repeat that same pattern? She's like, I probably would just go to the shop or get something that was in the house. So she kind of said to herself, I've, that's the first time I've ever looked at that logically without judgment. And the same thing happened this week. Her kid is still sick, unfortunately, and she's still kind of like, well, all I'm doing right now is I'm asking for a little bit more help at home. I'm making sure that I'm going to bed when I can. I know I'm going to have to get up at three or four o'clock in the morning in order to be with my kid. And there'll be some days that you'll be able to give 100%. There'll be days where you'll be able to train, you'll hit PBs, you'll be able to get your walks in, all your meals will be bang on. And other days you may be able to give 60 or 70%, or maybe even as little as 2%. But it's 2% is better than zero. That perspective piece of if you, on days where your mood is low, they are the days that are going to make the difference. It's not the days that are perfect. The perfect days or the days that you think are perfect are very, very few and far between. The days that really make the difference for people and for clients to get really successful fat loss are the days that they don't really feel like doing something because it's linked to your mood. It should be called motivation rather than motivation. So when your energy drops or your mood drops, that's generally when you stop doing things. So it's your mood. But people also think that they need to rely on motivation in order to get to where they want to go. The way motivation works is action comes first, then motivation. It's kind of like waiting for a Dublin bus to bring you to your destination. Two two come along at once and then you're extra motivated and then you get tired and then you get stressed and then you stop. But if you just do something, the model that I use every single morning is what can I do today that will help me and make me have a better day? And the one thing that I, non-negotiable, is getting out for a walk. I went out for another walk before the live just to kind of settle down. And just to kind of, because it's been a really, really hectic day. And I know that in order for me to give my best, I need to be refreshed because it's freaking freezing outside. But not being able to give 100% each day doesn't matter. And it's okay as long as you try to do your best rather than just giving up. Think small. Too many of us will try to make too many changes and do everything as the pressure. This has to be the last time Is fueling. This scarcity mode of there's so much pressure. This has to be the last time I lose weight. This has to be it. Desperation will fail 100% of the time. Because often what your definition is of dieting and losing weight is misery, taking out your food groups, food rules, rigid food rules, um a dichotomous thinking all or nothing approach all these kind of different things kind of come into it but you also have to realize that it took years for you to develop these habits around food and why you, you do things they're not just they're going to disappear in eight weeks yes we can understand one or two of them a little bit more and work on those but i'm not going to get you to look at your sleep habits your protein habits your emotional eating habits your drinking habits your eating out habits your despair habits all these kind of different things in eight weeks or however long someone works with me. The only way you can really associate and really understand why you do something is actually sitting down and actually pausing between your meals. If you say you're craving sugar or you're craving something sweet after certain meals, ask yourself, what are you actually craving? Are you actually hungry enough for fruit? If you're not hungry for fruit, you're probably not hungry. There's something else. There could be, it could be from childhood or when you're kind of sitting there yourself, having a cup of tea when you were a kid, you're like, you were given a biscuit. And that could be what you're looking for. So it's this dopamine receptor in your brain is looking for that biscuit. That's why it's craving that's almost like that Pavlov um, that Pavlov's bell or Pavlov's dog thing and when every time the Pavlov rang the bell, the dog would start to salivate and then he would get a treat and then the the treat went after a while and every time you rang the bell the dog will still salivate. That's essentially what happens So your association is with that cup of tea is the food. But if you don't understand why you do something, it's impossible to stop it. Think of it as something in your house. If you have a leak in your tap and you don't know where the leak is coming from, how can you fix it? It's the exact same thing. By dropping perfection, you'll have less stress. If you're stressing yourself out, this has to be the last time. And it will also impact on your sleep and your stress. The pressure so many put, it, so many people put on themselves is is too big. And the pressure that they think that they will never overeat or never stress eat is a big, massive lie. And you are lying to yourself. You are human. You need to embrace that. True successful fat loss is knowing why you do things. It isn't that the person who loses fat loss the quickest, the most amount of measurements is why you do things so that you can reduce the chances of it happening again. Perspective is this piece of when it's not an emotional reaction, it's using that rational brain that you won't give up when things get difficult. It's about just doing something. You choose to give up. Giving up is a choice. Stopping is a choice. Derating is a choice. Continue overeating is a choice. Binge eating and overeating are two very different things. Binge eating is you can't stop even if you wanted to. It's like an outer body experience. Overeating is very different overeating is you're choosing to eat you could stop if you want to but you choose not to and the logic that people will have well, if it's not perfect what's the point well my logic will be what's the point in doing anything that like i'm sure i've made mistakes on what i'm talking about right now some people may be happy with what i've said some people will disagree with what i'm said so i've already made mistakes So focusing on one thing to work on each week was what I tried to get people to do. So this week in the female fat loss program, all we're trying to get everyone to do is get their head around their calories. And if they've got their head around their calories the first week, we bring in something new. If that if someone hasn't got their head around their calories, we don't bring in that something new because there's no point in trying to bring in two things they're going to struggle with when they struggle with one thing already. We can't rely on that willpower. We can't rely on motivation. These are associated with your mood. Willpower is you telling yourself you can't have something. If I told you not to press the big red button, or you went and got, went to your child right now, or your niece or your nephew, and said, don't press a big red button, or not to smash that glass, what are they going to do? That's essentially what you tell yourself with food every single day, that you're not going to have the chocolate because I lose control. Well, you're not in control now. The food is. But the food's not the issue. It's how you see yourself when you have the food. No food in isolation can cause facking. That's fact. That is absolute fact. Chocolate can't cause facking. Sugar can't cause facking. Fruit can't cause facking. Vegetables can't cause facking. Protein can't cause facking. It's your total amount of calories over time will cause weight gain or it will cause weight loss. That's fact. No food in isolation can do it, and that is absolutely another fact. You need to look at your habits in order to lose weight and successful fat loss. You need to understand the habits that have put the weight on in the first place. Why are we emotional eat? Why we might be picking in the evenings? It's probably because you're starving yourself all day, and we're skipping meals, or it could be that you're not getting enough protein throughout the day or it could be that you're not drinking enough water or your sleep hygiene is crap and you're on your phone in the evenings. It could be a few different factors. So in order to lose weight successfully, you need to understand why you do things, but you also need to understand on the habits that put the weight on in the first place. If nothing changes, nothing changes. If you've been struggling with your weight for a while, you've probably been doing the same thing over and over again. And rather than changing the process that you've been going on, most people blame themselves or go in search of that magic bullet solution that will work for them. That's what people have tried to do in January. I got so many DMs on the 27th of December after people overate on Christmas Day and Stevens Day because they felt they fucked it up and they undone everything. I was like, you've undone nothing because your mindset hasn't changed. There's not nothing to undo. Your diet is not a button. There's nothing to derail. It's not a train. If we're making a conscious action in a certain direction, that's a personal choice. We can either go the way we want and act like the person we want to become, or we can move further away from the person that we actually want to become. So it's a personal choice that we do have control of. And humans love control. And if you're someone who may have perfectionist tendencies, That sentence will help you of that, that you are in control of where you go. You might not be in control of that weighing scales and what it says. But you are in control of how you react to it. That scales will go up and down. If I drank this water here beside me, that scales will go up. That doesn't mean water is bad, but too many people will say, oh, the the scales went up last night because I had carbs. Do you know that for a fact or you blaming the carbs? Scales went up last night because I drank alcohol. Mm, Could be the alcohol, but are you just just guessing and blaming the alcohol, saying that you can't have those foods again? So we use the, we kind of just try to justify what we do. We try to create these stories, why the scales may go up in order to dilute the conflict internally for it. So what I would say about kind of perfection of fat loss, it's not going to work. What I would say is if you actually wrote out what a good enough, what a perfect week looks like for you with weight loss in one column, and what I would do is I'd write out on the other side of the column, I would write out what a good enough week looks like for you. And what you will notice is, or you should notice, on your perfect, there's so many things that need to go 100%. And when you write good enough, you'll see one, two, or three things that will be good enough. So I know for a good enough week for me is I'm going to get a walk in each morning, have protein with my main meals and I'll get two liters of water in. That's all I need to do. That's a good enough week for me. Nothing sexy, nothing about taking stuff out, nothing, anything like that. It's small little subtle changes along the way. So if there's small little subtle changes for me Why are we trying to bring up these extravagant pieces? Because you don't have a weight loss problem. We have a perspective problem that if it isn't right all the time, we choose to go a different direction. Okay. So have you guys got any questions? And I will answer those for you now. If you have, please leave a review up on iTunes and up onto Spotify and share it with a friend. As always, leave a review up on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Really hope you enjoyed it.